Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 19. And I want to start today with this verse in Acts because I think it's really important to help us understand why this series on the Holy Spirit is so important. The, the book of Acts, if you don't know this, is the, the fifth book in the New Testament, the first four, the first four Gospels talking about the life of Jesus. But the book of Acts is the history or the acts, if you will, of the early church. And, and what is interesting is that the whole book started out with the Holy Spirit. It's how it began. And yet here we find ourselves 19 chapters into the book of Acts. This is decades after the church has begun. But watch what is going on here in Acts 19, verse 1. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Just real quick to help you understand this, Apollos is at Corinth where a church was established by Paul and he wrote a letter to them, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, that's the church of Corinth, and Paul is going on to Ephesus which is where Paul had established another church. If you read the book of Ephesians, that's actually a letter to the church at Ephesus. And it says this, And there he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And and what's really interesting is that this is the case today. That there are a lot of Christians who love Jesus, they're going to heaven, but they don't really know who the Holy Spirit is. They've never really experienced Him. And I think it's because, honestly, that the Holy Spirit has been given a bad rap. There's just a lot of misunderstanding about him. In fact, a lot of people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you're kind of new here or a guest maybe today and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, you might be tripping out just a little bit right now. But I think it's because he's been given a bad rap. Because the only thing that a lot of people know about the Holy Spirit is moving in people's lives is what they've seen that has really been kind of weird or what's been unusual. I'm I'm over 50 years old, and one of the things that I recognize is that weird people do weird things. Have you discovered that? And sometimes there's just some weird things that happen. Sometimes there's some unusual things that happen, things that are different that we're kind of like, okay, I don't know how to really get my mind around that. And sometimes we have this understanding about the Holy Spirit that it's kind of like your drunk uncle at Christmas. There are just some weird things that are going to happen. So every time you get together for Christmas, you got to buckle up because you never know what's going to happen, right? But I think that, that a lot of people's theology is not really based upon the, what the Bible says, but it's based on an experience they've had. And sometimes it's, it's based on what they have seen on TV. And they see certain things and they say, I don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Ghost. Seen that? I'm not interested. And some people think because of things they've seen, that if I get involved in this, I'm either going to have to wear a lot of makeup or I'm not going to be able to wear any makeup at all. Again, if you watch enough TV. So there's a lot of confusion and things associated with the Holy Spirit that are simply not true. And so what I want to ask is that you give me a few weeks. I want to ask you to plan on attending as often as you can. Cancel your trip to the in-laws, all right? Plan on just hanging out, do a staycation, and move it back after the series is over. Because I want to ask you just to give me a few weeks for, to be a part of this series. Because I want to explain to you who the Holy Person is. The, who the Holy Spirit is. That the Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. All right? And let me show you how important He actually is 
to your life, that he has an incredible role that he wants to play in our life if we'll despookify and demystify, I think I made up that word, and demystify that role and, and take away man's sensationalism of it. But at the same time that we can receive all that God has for us, your life is going to work a lot better. You're going to find some things that have not been working in your life are going to start working. So I want to encourage you, plan on being a part every week. And what I want to ask you is to come each week with an open heart. I want to ask you just to be open to what it is that God wants to say to you through this series. And I'm asking you to maybe put aside the negative experiences that some of us have had as it relates to the Holy Spirit and to remove all the preconceived notions about the Holy Spirit and allow me to introduce him to you. Now, how many of you know that first impressions are important? In fact, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And sometimes when you've met someone and they, were, they just did something weird or they were dressed funny, you have this mindset about him that's hard to remove that mindset about that person. And so I know that there are many of you that really do know the Holy Spirit. But I know there's a lot of you that don't, and the only introduction that you've had, it seemed unusual. And so I want to ask you to let me introduce you to him so that you know who he really is, according to the Word of God. Because listen, we all desperately need the Holy Spirit in our lives. So I want to begin introducing him today by letting you know some things about his nature. In fact, this first couple of weeks are going to really just be to maybe help us get rid of some junk from the past or these wrong ideas we have about the Holy Spirit. And so the way that we understand his nature is begin looking at the word itself. The word is typically translated as the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And it was Just so you know, it was very difficult for the Bible translators to translate because we don't just have a single word in our English language that translates from the Greek word. And the the New Testament um, word, Greek word for the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is this word pneuma. In fact, I've got it up here and it means this. It means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Now you see why the English translators had such a hard time translating this word because it's not Father, Son, and Holy Breath. It's not. And so let me take you just to one of the many places that this word pneuma is used. This is Jesus talking in John chapter 6, and Jesus is saying this, the words that I have spoken. He's saying, every time that I speak, that by the way, every time you're reading the word of God, That's God speaking to you. And he's saying, every time that I speak to you, those words are spirit. In other words, they have breath in them. Therefore, they are life. Meaning his words actually bring life to you. The Bible tells us later that all scripture is God breathed. So we see this word spirit here, pneuma, meaning that the words on the pages of the Bible are not just normal words. The words actually contain the fulfillment, the breath, or the life for those very words. And that's what I want you to experience, is that the word of God becoming alive in your life. Now, we live in a society, in a culture that wants to make us think that the word of God was just some great historical book. 
that it, that it was a great historical book that talked about a good man. But God wants us to understand that his words are life to us. And he wants his word to get in us, not so that we can legalistically do something so he'll do something, but that his words will get in us and bring life into our lives. So it actually contains the fulfillment or the breath of the words so that our Christianity isn't stale and lifeless. See, a lot of times if we don't have the wind of the Holy Spirit breathing into our lives, our Christianity becomes very stale. And when it becomes stale, we're challenged in reading the word of God. We're challenged in putting God first at the beginning of the day. We're challenged in going to church. We're challenged in the middle of worship to just kind of sit there and go through the motions of a song service, looking for the people on the stage to entertain us rather than understanding they're actually leading us into the presence of God. A couple of weeks ago, I went to a U2 concert. I've been a big U2 fan. In fact, I saw them in 87 when they did the Joshua Tree tour when I was about six years old. And now 30 years later, I'm, I'm, okay, I was a few years older than that. And now 30 years later, I'm watching them again. Can I tell you, at the U2 concert, everyone wasn't sitting down. Now, the crowd was a little bit older, so after about 10 songs, they sat down for a little bit because they were tired. But they weren't sitting down. In fact, we were all up on our feet. We were singing those songs at the top of our lungs. Sunday, bloody Sunday, yeah. Sunday, bloody Sunday, right? We're singing these songs at the top of our lungs. And it was honestly like a worship experience. You know what? We do that in the world. We go to a concert and we do that. But when we get into church, all of a sudden, it's lifeless, and stale and we're trying to create contagious christianity and we're we're going you know do you want what i have and it just seems so dead people don't want it it becomes so stale it becomes so lifeless listen christian experience is not supposed to be robotic where you're just going through the motions but your christian life is to be a life that is filled with life where you're experiencing the wind or the breath of the holy spirit breathing fresh life into you every day So what I think might be a great way for us to begin so that we understand the Holy Spirit, this pneuma, this strong breeze, is to look at some of the characteristics, if you will. And again, this is kind of more for you than actually talking about the Holy Spirit. This kind of more for you to understand the Holy Spirit so that we can look at what the Holy Spirit, the wind in the natural looks like and find the parallels and things that are similar so we can begin to understand characteristics of the Holy Spirit. If you all understand what I'm saying, say amen. Amen. All right, because what we're trying to do again is to get you to be comfortable with the Holy Spirit, to get you where you're not freaked out about the Holy Spirit. So here's the first parallel. Wind is unseen. Now, you already know that. We live in one of the windiest cities in America, and I think, in fact, I think right now we are actually the windiest city. Yes, come on. Amarillo's got number one at something. Besides being like the Garden of Eden, we are also the windiest city, all right? So when you're in the summer and you're outside and you're working and you're sweating and a breeze comes up, it cools you down, it's it's refreshing, isn't it? You you didn't see the wind, but suddenly you felt the wind and it cooled all that sweat that was on your body and went, oh, man, that feels so good. Now listen, when you say that, no one looks at you like you're weird, right? Nobody, Wayne, you are weird. But you say that in a service, all of a sudden, oh, that, that is so refreshing. People look at you like, all right, dude, you're freaking me out now. Yeah. Right? We get, we get kind of nervous about that. And, and you say that about your experience, but we are not recognizing and understanding that God wants you to have an experience with him. Yeah. 
Listen, we don't want to live life running on our feelings, but it sure feels good to feel what it is that we're running on. In, in fact, our prayer for you is not that you are impressed with our worship, not that you're impressed with our lighting, with our building, with our children's ministry, or even the phenomenal messages that you hear every week right here at this church. We, we don't want that to be your experience. We want you to have a moment where you experience the presence of God. Because listen, my, my preaching is not going to change you. Our worship music is not going to change you. The only thing that is going to change us is when we experience the presence of God. In, in the book of St. John, chapters 14 through 16, Jesus is talking at the Last Supper. This is the Thursday night before he's going to the cross the next day. And he spends the vast majority of his time talking about the Holy Spirit and that he is going to send the Holy Spirit to them so they won't be alone. And here's what it says in John 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Notice that he's a helper. Now, the, the, the devil wants us to think that the Holy Spirit is scary, but he's actually a helper that he may be with you forever. And then he goes on to explain one of the ways that he is a helper. That is the spirit of truth. That as the spirit of truth, he's going to guide you into all truth. But notice it says, whom the world cannot receive. In fact, the world is going to laugh at this. They will make fun of it. Late night shows, you guys have heard it. They make fun of the Holy Spirit. And here's why. Because it does not see him. Most people are only comfortable with that which they can see or with that which they can understand. If I can understand it and I can see it, I'm really comfortable with it. But they can't handle the part of God that is actually felt. So because they can't see him, they don't, going on in this verse, know him. And there are a lot of people going to church that really miss out on knowing God. It's one of the reasons why we want to encourage you to stay after today and go through the growth track. So that you get on a process, a discipleship process of actually knowing God. Pastor Richie, I know God. Listen, the Apostle Paul, probably the greatest Christian that ever lived, even at the end of his life, is still crying out that I might know him. Because we have a little bit of understanding of God, we think that we know him. But we, God wants us to know him. Because the more that you know him, the more you understand how good he is, the more you want to know him, you begin to understand more how good he is, so you want to know him more. So it's about knowing him. Because they don't see him or they can't put him in a box of how their mind works, they don't fully experience who God is. And he finishes with this, but you know him. Because he abides with you and will be in you. In fact, this is why many of you come. You don't fully understand it yet, but you know that when you walk in here and you've had a difficult week, there's something refreshing. The wind, it actually is, of the Holy Spirit that blows into your life and refreshes you. See, I have people comment to me all the time, man, there's, there's something going on here. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Sometimes they think it's the, the nice people, and we have some of the nicest people in all of Amarillo here. Sometimes they think it's the worship or other things, but I want you to know that it's the wind of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I had one big guy come to me one time, and, and he said, man, I'm coming back. I like this, and then he cussed, and he said, by the way, that was one hell of a sermon. And I kind of thought to myself, awesome, you come back, and we're going to keep fixing some of that stuff. Some of you are thinking, that's cussing, but you keep coming back. We'll fix some of that stuff. Listen, 
experiencing the presence of God is available to you every time you worship God. When you get into corporate worship time, when you're at home worshiping God, you can experience the presence of God where you actually feel his presence. Here's the second parallel to the wind and the Holy Spirit. Again, so that we get more comfortable with who the Holy Spirit is. And it's this, wind is unpredictable. Have you noticed that? Wind is unpredictable. Some, some days you can get out and you get out on your bike, or you're out riding around in your neighborhood on your, on your pedaling bike, and suddenly the wind comes up and starts blowing. It's just, it's unpredictable all the time, and it'll shift on you. Like it did this weekend and completely changed the atmosphere and blew in a rainstorm that flooded our area. Y'all driving around, saw the flood that was happening this week. That's one of the reasons why they have those flags or cones at the airport so they understand in real time what the wind is doing and when it's changing. You see, if one of those small planes especially decides, well, I don't really care what the wind is doing and I'm going to try to fly into a crosswind, it can have a lot of negative consequences. Listen, and most of us don't like that part of God. We like God to be packaged in our neat, little, easy-to-understand theology. And when God moves in a way that doesn't fit into that little package that we've created for him, it messes some of us up. And we start to freak out. But God doesn't do it the same way every time. Do you know why? Because then you'll worship the system instead of worshiping God. If he did it the same way all the time, you'd worship the system. Now listen, there are some things... Things that we put in our statement of faith that are solid and sure. And while we can have these firm foundations that are predictable, we also recognize there's an unpredictable nature of God that we actually embrace. We don't put up with it, we actually embrace it. In fact, here's Jesus talking in John 3. says this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit has an unpredictable nature. He doesn't always do it the same. See, one time, God talked to a man through a burning bush. And if Moses wasn't careful, he was the guy that he talked to. If Moses wasn't careful, he can go out and start a whole religion of how to hear from God, get around a burning bush. So now every time there's a campfire, people are standing around there waiting. Okay, is God going to talk? Is God going to say something? Or we limit God because that's how God did it one time. There was a guy once who brought his friend to Jesus who was blind and told Jesus, Jesus, lay your hand on him. Do the thing. Do the thing and heal him. You know what Jesus did? Jesus bent over and spit. Picked up the mud and rubbed it in the guy's eyes. Now, can you imagine his friend? Oh, my goodness. What on earth is he doing? It's how some of you feel when you invite your friends to church and then the pastor's raising his hands during worship. You're thinking, oh my goodness, this is a little bit unusual. Listen, why did Jesus use mud spit to heal the guy? Because the guy thought it was all about the laying on of hands instead of understanding it was about Jesus. So we've got to be careful not to tuck God into some system that we've invented and then start worshiping the system. This is, by the way, is how denominations get started. Something happens, something, God moves in a certain way, and then we've decided that's how it always has to happen. God isn't going to bring revival to America because we have neat and polished services. He's going to bring revival to America when the presence of God begins to fill each one of us. See, there are a lot of Christians that are praying for revival, but what they really need to be saying is, God, I'm ready to receive the revival, and I'm going to let it begin with me. I'm going to quit waiting for Washington to change. 
I'm going to quit waiting for someone else to change. God, I want to change. So, Lord, fill me with your presence, and I'll change. Here's the third thing. Wind is powerful. Have you noticed that? Wind is powerful. It can generate electricity. Have you ever driven by one of those long blades on those windmills? They're huge. It can, it can drive and sail a ship. It can also destroy a city. In fact, most, many of us have either seen or been a part of a tornado, and we've seen the devastation it brings. It's powerful. And there are some of you going through some stuff that human power cannot fix. We need the power of God to change some things in our life. You keep trying to fix that person. You keep trying to fix that situation. You keep trying to make yourself healthy. You need the power of God to fix some things in your life. It's what I talk about all the time. God wants to put his super upon your natural. He wants to put his extra upon your ordinary to do extraordinary things in your life. But we need the power of God. We got to stop fighting the wind of God and we got to start moving with the wind of God. We got to start flowing with the wind of God. Listen, I'm telling you this, if you get close to God, you're going to be filled with the power of God. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, it's really a shame that we distance ourselves from the power of God just because of the way that some have packaged it. That we look at stuff and go, okay, I don't want anything to do with that. So we'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And I'm saying, come on me. Listen, because I'm dealing with some things personally right now that no human power can fix. And the same is true with many of you today. You need the power of God to change some things in your life, to change some habits, to change some relationships, to change your financial situation, to change a health issue that you're dealing with. And as long as God will do it in this neat little package that we're really comfortable with, we're fine with it. But if God wants to do something different, we struggle with that. There was a man that I learned about in Bible school by the name of Charles Finney. He was a 19th century revivalist. Many consider him the, the, the father of mo- modern revivalism. And he was both an attorney and a Presbyterian minister who had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed his life. And in his own words, he was comfortable in knowing God on what he called an intellectual level only. And see, that's where a lot of you are sometimes. Or maybe you are is that you understand God on an intellectual level, but you don't really have an experience with him. You don't have this relationship with him. And his life, according to his own testimony, was very lifeless and predictable, and it was very difficult for him to live this life. Is this making sense to some of you? These are his words when he encountered the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. I love that expression, liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. Can I say that's because that's exactly what it was? That it was the breath of God breathing life into his dull, routine, mundane Christian experience. Again, it's why some of you, you have a hard time getting here on Sundays because you just have this lifeless Christianity experience. In fact, a few weeks ago, I wasn't scheduled to speak and, and, and somebody was speaking for me and I got up and I decided that, man, I wanted to come be a part of the service. 
And he said, man, I'm surprised you're here. And I thought, I don't want to miss it because I don't want to miss the presence of God. You never know what, what he might say from the pulpit that might impact my life that God wants to say to me. You don't know what somebody else might encourage me with or we might be able to encourage each other with in just a moment and have a God encounter that would change our lives forever. There's some of you here today and it's mission critical in your marriage, in your job, with your kids, with your health, with your emotions, and even with your Christianity that you get fresh air today in the sails of your life. You just got in this stagnant place and some of you are just a few choices away from making some really bad choices because for whatever reason you have just gotten stale in your life. Let me close with this last parallel to win. Wind is refreshing. In fact, I'm going to invite the worship team, if you guys would, go ahead and come up here. Wind is refreshing. Again, there's nothing like a gentle breeze on a hot summer day when wind begins to blow. The Holy Spirit really wants to refresh you. Let me say that again for those of you that feel like, man, I feel so dead in my relationship with God. The Holy Spirit really wants to refresh you. He wants to cause rivers to run in dry places in your life. He wants you to experience the fullness of what he has done for you. He wants you to see this amazing life that God has prepared for you. But listen, it's challenging in the difficult and sometimes in just the ordinary days of our lives to really understand all that God has for us. In fact, Paul writes it this way in 1 Corinthians 2. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, we can't see, hear, or fully understand in just the natural. Our our natural minds are limited in understanding a supernatural God. But he goes on to say in the next verse, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Notice that it's not by more knowledge, it's by his spirits. That's, listen, that's why I'm asking you just to give me a, a few weeks. Show up. Today we're just dealing honestly with us. Trying to unpackage some things that are in a package that there's just no room really to understand the Holy Spirit because we've got this wrong understanding of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask you just to get rid of some preconceived ideas. I'm going to ask you to say, God, begin to help me understand and, and plan on each week being a part. Come with an open heart again and an open mind. Let the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit breathe fresh life into your relationship with Him. I'm telling you, when, the, when there's freshness, when there's life breathed into your life, it begins to change everything. Suddenly living for God goes from a have to to a get to. Serving God, being on the dream team goes from a have to to a, a get to. Because suddenly you want to do something that there's just something amazing taking place in your life. Because listen, there's some things that God wants to do in our lives, but it's not understood with our natural senses. In fact, revelation comes when the Holy Spirit begins to breathe fresh life into us so that we begin to walk in all that God has for our life. You can tell today we've kind of changed up the service just a little bit. and We moved a worship song to the end. And, and so what I want to ask is, please, no one leaving unless you have an emergency. Because this is part of our service that we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And what I, what I want to ask you to do is I, I want to ask you just to open up your heart. We're not, as you guys know, we don't ever try to put people on the spot or make people feel weird or awkward. But I want to ask you just to open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, if you're real, I want to know you. I, I want to understand you. And if you already know that the Holy Spirit's real, I want to encourage you to say, Lord, help me to know and walk in all that you actually have for me. I'm I'm open to it, God, so begin to reveal some stuff to me. 
I want to walk in the fullness of what you have. So I'm just going to invite you to stand. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.